0: Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. We've been in the book of Ephesians. If this is your first time whizzing with us, just kind of walking through it verse by verse. And so you can go back and listen to the podcast if you want to um, hear what's happened up until this point. This is verse 14 in Ephesians chapter 3. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord from Ephesians 3. And so I come in today and just want to be completely honest. Um, some deep core convictions are going to shape the way that we do things this morning. And we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, and so I want to just kind of share some of the, the deep beliefs and convictions that are going to shape some of the things that we do this morning. This is my first belief, that, that God actually hears us when we pray, that he delights in hearing our prayers, hearing our voices, hearing our requests. Second thing that I believe is that there are times when the church, when we come together on Sundays, when teaching and instruction from the word of the Lord are just so important but I also believe that there are times when the church comes together that we don't need preaching, we need praying. Third conviction, the third belief deep in my core is that the, the church, that we function better, we function most beautifully when each of us are participating, not when just a few are participating. A deep belief is that when we pray individually when we pray collectively, that God actually hears us. And he responds, and he reveals, and he shows his glory, and he shows his love. And the last conviction, the last belief is that I want us to be a church that is fully led by God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So what this means, this this last piece, for me personally, as I'm preparing to teach each week, as I'm I'm sitting with God, trying to listen for, for what God has for me and what God has for us, you know, I'm... I'm continually putting in His hands, God. Whatever You want, like we are willing, we are wanting. If You have something different for us, we're going to go with You. Like we just, we want Your very real presence. We want Your very real guidance, God. We we love You. We submit to You. We love You. And so this week, I started out coming in on Monday morning. I just intended to to preach this text. This is a beautiful passage. I'm like, I think I could just anybody could teach this text, and you and people would just get saved. It's that good of a text. But but I started to realize, no, I don't need to preach this. We need to pray into it. So I kind of had in mind, you know, I think God was going, I want you to just kind of set this text up five or 10 minutes, 15 minutes, because you're a little long winded. And, and then the, the teaching would be to propel, propel you into a time of praying for and with each other. So this is kind of my plan going into the week. Thursday morning, I have coffee with a woman in our church, Hannah Meeks. And I, I never have meetings. I try not to ever have meetings on Thursday, especially Thursday morning. Thursdays are the day that I, I try to, to write and write our, our teaching for Sunday and try to listen and just be still and be quiet. And, and for whatever reason, Hannah and I ended up meeting on Thursday morning. And we're sitting there, and it was so amazing because if she's talking, you know, Hannah's just an amazing woman of God. Loves the Lord deep in her bones, deep in her heart. And she was talking to me just about the past four or five months of her life, how, how she's been really pressing into the heart of God, how she's been praying and just kind of laying her life wide open to God and how God has been speaking and how she has been listening and she's been responding and she's been sitting. She's been waiting patiently. She's been trusting. And, and as God reveals, she moves. As God speaks, she says, God, whatever you want. And I was just sitting there listening to her talk Thursday morning. I'm going, the very thing that, that I was wanting us to do on Thursday is the thing that she's living into. And I could tell you some of her story, or I could just let you listen to her. Let us listen to her. Just bear witness to what God is doing. A very real just connection with the Father in prayer. You know, so many of us, we struggle to believe that God actually hears us in prayer. Even when I said that this morning, some of you spiritually rolled your eyes. Some of you physically rolled your eyes, and I saw it. Just kidding. I didn't see it. But some of you, you spiritual drives, you're like, you know what? I've been praying for, for months. I've been praying for years. And it feels like I'm just throwing up these Hail Mary prayers and nothing is happening. Some of you don't believe that God actually cares about you. And so I asked Hannah this morning, just, um, I wanted her just to, to share for a few minutes, just to bear witness, to just give testimony about what God has been doing. So I think testimony builds faith. And it encourages us. And no matter what season, no matter where we are, because I acknowledge that, that everyone's not in the place of Hannah, and the result, the things that are going in Hannah's life are not the result uh, that, that all of us are. And so so often when, when we come into this place, it's easy to, to not celebrate and talk about the good things because some of us are really hurting and really struggling, and our prayers don't seem to be answered. But we need to see what God is doing across the family. We need to be reminded who the Father really is. And so I'm going to invite Hannah up. Hannah said she was nervous about talking, so will you just welcome her with me with a big round of applause?
1: at Lipscomb University. I'm a resident hall director there. And um, school had just kind of let out. And so campus was empty, which is an awesome feeling. So I was sitting in the square and just enjoying the quiet. And um, my prayer was this. I said, Lord, I want to be available to be used by you. Um, 100% available. I'm not, there's nothing in my life currently holding me back from being open. I'm not in a relationship. I'm not in school. I'm not doing a lot of things that that could be pulling me back from that. Um, And yeah, so I I just kind of sat there and said, I'm 100% available. Um, I don't know what that looks like or what you have for me, but I want to hear from you. And so I sat still and quiet for once, which is rare because usually I tell the Lord what I think I should be doing or what my vision is for my life and don't listen to what he has to say. So I sat in silence and Pretty quickly, I feel like the Lord just kind of gave me a vision and not like a vision that you hear of in the Bible, but more of like a mental picture of what the heart of God is for me. Um, And honestly, I didn't really want to receive it because it was like too good to be true because it was something that my heart desired. Um, But that mental picture was me in a house with a family. I was married and lots of kids around and like kids who've been adopted and kids who are in foster care. Um... There's a spare bedroom where anyone is welcome and who needs a place to stay can stay there. And the table is set, um, and people are welcome to come and join as for a meal. And literally, I remember thinking, Lord, that's too good. Um, that's that's what my heart desires, and yet nothing in my life is really pointing in that direction quite yet. So it seems really impossible. And also, I'm not married. And so that's not even in the picture. That's That's not... Anyway, I'm not close to that, so got you on that. Um, I thought I had stumped him, and then he was like, no, I have another picture for you. And so immediately after that, there was a second picture of everything was basically the same except for it was me with a bunch of roommates. And he was like, see, you can do this, even in your singleness. Um, I can still use you, and so just live into this. So that was about a year ago. And honestly, I didn't know what to do with that because at Lipscomb, I live in the residence halls with 300 girls, I'm not allowed to have roommates, probably can't do foster care. Like there's a lot of limitations to um, what I can do. I do have 300 daughters, but that's a whole different story. So um, yeah, so I I called my mom and I was like, mom, I don't know what to do with this, but just tuck this away because I really don't know how to respond. Um, I journaled about it. And honestly, kind of forgot about it. Um, and then throughout this last year, God has continued to like bring that up um, and awaken those desires in my heart. And it's really hard whenever God gives you these desires and then doesn't give you the means to fulfill them. Um, and I feel like a lot of us find ourselves in that tension of the waiting and the not yet, the desiring but not having. Um, and it's a really difficult but really beautiful place to be. Because it's in those moments that God shows up and reveals himself to us um, and satisfies our desires with himself. Um, The gospel is good news because there's salvation for us, but the gospel is mostly good news because we get God himself, and that's the greatest gift. Like, salvation is a gift, and we have so many abundant blessings that he gives us, but knowing God himself is the greatest gift of the gospel. And so in my singleness— and this is me being really vulnerable with you guys. Um, that's been, I think, one of the biggest struggles for me has been being single and um, really wanting to trust God with with that desire. Um, but, like, just not finding any great men. I'm sure you guys are all great, but I just, there weren't. I wasn't finding them. Um, and so, yeah, so I just was really wrestling with this. Like, God, there's this desire, and yet nothing's happening. And so what do you do with that? Um, and the answer is you keep laying it down and you keep going to God and saying, this is, this is what I desire, but I desire you most. Um, and I'm going to surrender these things. And so this past year was a lot of continuing to lay that down. Um, and in the midst of that, also wrestling with like, again, going back to that vision of wanting to be hundred percent available to be used by God and, really seeking out what that looks like. Um, and my current job, I am 100% available all the time to 300 girls, um, which is awesome. And I love that I'm able to to be a voice of truth in their lives, hopefully, and share the gospel with them. That's a really incredible experience that I've loved for the last three years. Um, but it also has limitations, and there are things that I, I feel like, again, with foster care and roommates or being married, like all those things are, are things that I feel like there's there's some limitations on my current role. And so I began to lay that at the foot of the cross and just say, God, this is yours. Like this, this what I'm doing right now is yours. If you want me to stay here, I'll stay here. Um, if you have something else for me, then I want to be obedient to that. And guys, there's a lot of freedom in Christ. Like he, I don't, I think it's very rare that he says like this is specifically for you to go and do Um, I do think he does that. Um, But for me in this moment, I felt like he said, Hannah, you are pleasing me where you're at. Like, this is a good place. Um, And even if you transitioned your role and did something different at Lipscomb, that is still good, and I'm still pleased with that. Um, But if you want to go on an adventure with me, then I've got something else for you. And how can you say no to that? (laughs) And so, um, but usually that invitation is a lot of risk. Um, and and there's a cost to it. And so um, I was hesitant because I knew this is gonna be uncomfortable. Um, My current job, I am very comfortable. I have gotten down the late nights and I know kind of what I'm doing with certain things, which is a great feeling. Um, It's nice to be known, it's nice to have an identity, and it's nice to kind of have a role. Um, But to step out into something that is completely unfamiliar, is scary. And so, so kind of in the quietness of my heart and not really talking to a lot of people about it, I just said, Lord, this is, I don't know what to do with this, um, but show me the next step. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to just be obedient with the next step. Um, so around that time, that was probably in January. I think it was, yeah, I think it was in January. My theme for this year for myself was to seek the Lord's face and to trust that his hands are good. Um, Often I look for his hands to provide things for me, um, and I'm seeking his hands. I'm seeking the good things that he can do for me, Um, but rarely do I just seek his face to seek his face. So that was my goal this year was to just seek his face um, and to trust his hands. And so um, not long after that, Ethos decided to do the 30 days of fasting, which seemed crazy, Um, but we all did it. And so, um, I I remember walking into that season and thinking the three things I'm going to be praying for. One is I desire intimacy with God. Um, I want to know him and I want to just enjoy him. And so I want this to be a sweet season of intimacy with him. And the second thing that I was praying for was just clarity and discernment with work and what that needed to look like. And, you know, this next adventure that God was calling me into. Um, Knoxville had been a place that had kind of been coming up pretty often, and I felt like I needed to pay attention to that. Um, And also just being willing to, like, radically step out of something that was super comfortable with my job and totally pursue something new, not knowing financially what was going to happen with that, or there's a lot that I didn't know was going to happen with that. So, um, yeah, so I was just praying about that. And the third thing was, again, surrendering my desire to be married and just laying that at his feet. Um, And so that was, yeah, that was the month of February. And I met with Brandon around that time, like I think it was right before the fast started. I was in the middle of fast and just kind of told him the vision that I feel like God had put on my heart and um, was asking for wisdom and discernment in pursuing that and, and what that could look like. And so, he agreed to pray for me, which I really appreciated. Um, and then the fast went on. And I definitely experienced intimacy with him. As far as clarity, I felt more confused than ever. Um, I I literally, there were a thousand different job opportunities that I thought of. Um, yeah, I just, there was so much that I could pursue that it was kind of overwhelming. Um, sometimes too many options is not a good thing. So I... Um, Yeah, was continuing to seek the Lord for clarity. And then at the end of that month, I met an incredible man of God um, through my brother. And um, a relationship started forming with him that has been incredible and awesome and um, has really just been a blessing in my life in pursuing what the Lord has for me in Knoxville. Um, And I've met so many people, and I now have— a roommate, or two roommates, um, who have the same vision and a heart for people, and, um, and so, yeah, like, there's just a lot of answered prayers that have been kind of shaping up over the last few months, um, and very specifically to the things that I was praying for, um, and not just in that season of fasting, but for many, many years, um, yeah, God provided a job, um, that I was not expecting. It was I'm going to be a children's minister part-time at a new church plant, which is super exciting and nothing that I've ever done before. Um, but during that season of fasting, the Lord really the word that he put on my heart was availability, um, to be available. And when I asked him what he wanted me to be, what he wanted me to be available for, his response was for a relationship and for relationships. And I kind of discounted the first one. I was like, that's just what I want. Like, I'm not going to say that's from the Lord. He probably just wants me to be available for people in general. Um, And so, again, it's just really cool to see how, like, I was praying specifically for a part-time job uh, for 20 hours a week at a certain amount per hour, and the Lord provided that exactly. Um, And just the capacity to be available, to invest my life in things that he's calling me to. And it's, it's not always being available for 300 girls, but it's being available for whatever that next season looks like. And it may be something that is that week or that day or that year that I'm committing to. Um, But it's really cool to see how how God provided all of those things um, very specifically. And so when Brandon and I talked this week on Thursday, um, it was cool to kind of see how that came kind of full circle a little bit. And, And also when he asked me to speak with you guys, I was hesitant because who likes speaking in front of a crowd? Not many. Um, but guys, God is faithful, and He's really good, and He's good to me, and He's good to you. And it's not it's not this God who's good for other people. He is good for other people, but He's also really good to you. And I think that's been the sweetest thing about this whole season is that the things that are really important to me and that I desire, God desires those things for me. Like He really does. And I think I'm, I'm still living into the truth of that. Um, but he's really sweet, and he's really thoughtful, and he's, he's so kind, um, and he's consistent. And I think that sometimes in the middle of our desiring and not having yet, we forget that he's faithful, and he's still the same God who answers my prayer today as he was the God who wasn't yet answering my prayer 10 years ago. Um, and that's, that is a beautiful realization. Um, and so I know that I'm sitting in the middle of a lot of answered prayer right now. And so I, I'm excited about that. And that's why I want to share that with you guys. Because if you're not in a season of, of experiencing that, know that it can come. <laughs> um, but also know that God is in the middle of the waiting. And that is the sweet spot, to be honest. Like the blessing when it comes is a great blessing. But the sweet spot is knowing God in the middle of the waiting. Um, that's the hardest part. There are lots of tears. There's lots of frustration. It's not easy. And I'm not up here to say, oh, just do these few simple things and keep trusting God and it's going to be fine. I'm not saying that. I'm saying God is really good and there are really hard days in the middle. Um, But in the middle, that's where God's at. Um, He's also the blessing and all of that. But he is, he's really faithful. He's really good and he's really kind. Um, So, enjoy them. um let this be a sweet season of life whether you're single or you're married whether you have lots of kids or no kids whatever your life looks like there's always going to be something that we're waiting for that we're we're pressing into god for um and let him let him love you where you're at um yeah thank you guys for listening
0: let's thank her That was amazing. Thanks for sharing, Hannah. Um, I want to just... So Ephesians 3, I wanted you to hear Hannah um, because we're going to pray in just a minute. um, But I want you to have confidence in the one that we're praying to that he really does hear us and he really does care. Um, Ephesians 3 is... Um, this beautiful passage um, and it's like a buffet that there's no way you could fit everything in in it and like the five minutes I'm going to talk try to talk through this to set it up for us for prayer Um, and I'm not going to do that I want to just point out just three prayers that Paul points us to that will hopefully lead us into a time of praying and 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 I hope you can hear these things, that, that Paul prays for, for three things. He prays for a lot of things. He says a lot of things, but there are three things that really stood out to me this week for us. He, he prays the first thing, this, that, that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. And so Paul's sitting in prison. He's thinking about these people that he loves. He's about to face death. He says, if I can pray one thing for you, it's that, that you would have Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith. I think about this, the way that That this works if that that word dwell just stood out to me so richly this week you if you invite someone to come live in your apartment you invite someone to come and dwell in your house right the the way that you prepare your house for them is you you give them a bed and you give them a bedroom and hopefully you give them a towel and you give them access to your refrigerator you give them access to your microwave you give them access to your garden if you live in East Nashville you give them access to your whole life and you say come in and, and dwell here and and live here and I think what the Lord was showing me this week is that faith is the key faith is the best faith is the open door to God say come in and dwell here like Amy it's like God come here and dwell Christ come here and dwell Lord come here and dwell Lord come here and dwell Abigail faith is the thing that says God I want you to know that you are welcome and you're one and this door will stay open in my house forever and ever because I want you to dwell here and faith is the key that keeps him there When you don't feel God, when you don't see God, when your prayers are going unanswered, faith, the trust, Crockett and Ben, that Christ died for your sins, that Christ rose from the grave, that Christ is coming back for you, Christopher, that Christ is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, Andrew, and that one day he will come back and he will return and we will see him face to face. And faith is this willingness to keep taking a step. It's to keep sitting in the silence when we don't see God saying, God, I trust and I want you here, and I know that you're good, and I know that you paid for my sins, and I know that you're coming back for me. Faith is the key that lets Christ dwell in our hearts. The second prayer that he prays, that you would know the love of Christ. Myron, he doesn't pray that you would love Christ. He prays that in other, he writes that in other parts of the Bible. What does he pray here? that you would know how much Christ loves you. In some weeks, God works through preaching to convince us of those things. If you've ever been a part of a church family, you've, you've listened to the word being proclaimed and your heart has been torn open by the love of God. It has just absolutely just changed your life. And there are times that prayer is the avenue which God drives down to help us really believe. And this morning, I've been praying, and I'm going to keep praying this morning, that God would help every single person that's sitting in these brown, uncomfortable seats, that you would know that you were loved by Christ, and you would know the depths of his love. The third prayer that Paul prays is that you and I would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And I love this, because what he's praying is that when the world looks at us, They see the love and the grace and the forgiveness and the strength and the authority and the gentleness and the kindness and the fullness of Christ. He says, I'm praying that when the world looks at you, Josh, when the world looks at you, when the world looks at you, Amy, when the world looks at you, David, when the world looks at you, Sarah, that that the world sees the fullness of Christ. And I'm telling you, no one sees the fullness of Christ in my life right now. There are so many areas of my life. Talk to my wife if you don't believe me. She'll tell you. But I want that. I want that for you. For us to keep growing in the the ways that we look like Christ. And this is 2 Corinthians 3.18, that you and I, every day as we sit in his presence, we will become more like Jesus in ever-increasing glory. So here's what we're going to do in just a minute. We're going to, I'm going to invite you to, and this is so uncomfortable for probably 97% of you, and that's great. The other 3% you'll thank me afterwards, but the, the other 97, you're who I'm really talking to. I'm going to invite you to, to, to turn your chairs into groups of two or three people that you feel comfortable talking to. And I want you just to pray for each other. Now hear me out. It's going to be so easy. To, um, to just put your head down and want to pray by yourself, and you can do that.' It's like you're, you, a lot of you took a big step even coming here this morning. we 're so thankful that you're here. but I want to just invite you to take one more step, to pray with some people around you and to share something that's really going on in your life in regards to one of these three years. And so here's what I mean: so in your groups, that, that you would pray whatever's going on in your life. And so for some of you, man, um, maybe you' come here and you're not a Christian. We're so thankful that you're here. We hope you feel so safe and so welcome here. And maybe your prayer is, God, I just want to know if you're real. And have the courage to voice that to the person that you're praying with. For others of you, you come here this morning and you've been playing the game, you've been coming to church, and you don't really believe that God loves you. Well, ask him this morning to help you understand the depths of his love. Confess that. Let the enemy be exposed for who he is, and let the Lord come in and flood you with his love. For others of you, as you're you're sitting, you're thinking about what you're going to share, you're going, man, I am a Christian, and I do know how much God loves you. Yeah, but but there's a lot in your life that's not the fullness of Christ. And I know that because you're a human. And I encourage you to really be vulnerable. Thanks for leading the way, Hannah. What is an area of your life where you are not the fullness of Christ? You didn't expect this when you came to church this morning, did you? Is it lust? Is it gossip? Is it bitterness? Is it unforgiveness? Is it slander? Is it envy? Is it jealousy? What is an area of your life where you go, I know this is not like Christ and I'm not okay with it. And so Christ, would you come in and dwell? Would you come in and drive all that out? And so I'm going to invite us in just a minute. We're going to break up into groups to to pray for us personally. And then I'm going to, after five or six Minutes, I'm going to um, interrupt our prayer time, and I'm going to uh, invite us to pray some of these prayers over people in our lives that we love. In particular, that you would pray for someone in your life who does not know that they're loved by God. And that we would really um, believe that when, when, when we are praying, that the God of the heavens is going, I desire to answer that prayer. I desire for them to know me. That you're not throwing up a prayer that God doesn't want to answer when you're praying for people who don't know Jesus. So come to him and ask him. And I'll share this this morning and and then I'll send this, because I I think this is from God. It might not be. And so you can tell me afterwards and I will repent next week or two weeks from now because I won't be here next week. I was praying for us this morning. And I think God gave me a vision for us. I think he gave me a picture for us, of us, this morning. And the picture was this this big bird's nest, and there were a ton of eggs in it. And all the eggs didn't look the same. That, That some of the eggs have... Had, had no signs of, of cracking. There were no signs of, of, of a baby coming into the world. There were some eggs that were starting to hatch. There were some that um, baby birds had already been born and they were all in this nest together. And on top of, of all of it, like coming back from, from getting the, the, the worm was, was the bird. And I think God was showing me that, that, that he was the worm, like the, he, not the worm, he was the, the bird. And he was coming back and he was dwelling over us that he was with us. that the worms were, were, were for the, the ones that were out of the eggs that were, that were ready to consume them. And I'm going, okay, God, what is that? That is a strange image. Why are you showing me? What is that? Is that even from you? I was talking to Andrew this morning when I first got here, and he was like, yeah, it's, you know, we're kind of process it, processing, it, processing it together. And, 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 I, and I think the reality is that some of you come here this morning and you feel like that egg and you feel like nothing is happening in your life. That when Hannah stood up here and shared, honestly, you're so discouraged because that's not your, your phase and you feel like God is so far from you. And I want you to hear this because I think God was saying this directly to us this morning, that the presence of God is dwelling in your life just as much as he is in Hannah's. And just because you're not seeing the life yet, it doesn't mean that the Father's not pleased with you. He is with you. He is protecting you until, your time, until you're ready. And I don't fully know what that means, but I was thinking about Keila. You know, Keila's pregnant. It's like... Keilah, there's there's nothing wrong with you not having a baby today. Why? Because you're not ready to have a baby. And for some of you, you're going, man, I want more of God, and I want the fire, and I want all the clarity, and I want these visions, I want all these things. And God is saying, you're right where I want you. Stay in my presence. You're safe with me. And the picture that I got was all these other birds, all these other Vermin trying to come and to, to take the egg. And, and I wish you could have seen the, the beak on God in this picture. <laughs> that nothing was getting his eggs. And there were many things that were trying, many other weaker birds that kept coming. And his beak just kept running him off. And not one, not one egg was lost. Some of you just stay in his presence, just stay in his presence. Just stay in his strength, stay in his warmth, stay in his grace. Others of you, you're starting to to, to come alive. You're like that that, um, bird that's like hatching. And you're not ready to, to get out of the nest yet. You're not ready to start flying. But there is growth, and thank God for that. Thank God for the way that he's helping you grow and mature in him. Others of you are like little baby birds, and God is just giving you the worm, whatever that means. You're being fed by God. You're being nursed by God. Others of you are like the, the birds that are leaving the nest and you're going to Knoxville. We don't know why anyone would go to Knoxville, but this is the, the picture of, of us as a family, that we are a family. We care about each other and we encourage each other and we comfort each other. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you to circle up your chairs and to really pray for each other and to really press into his heart, to really believe that he is good. Does that sound good?